Hello folks, it's Friday night and that means weekender time, your weekly dive into the world of tabletop gaming goodness. This week over on, on tabletop.com we have a host of videos going out for Infinity Deathmatch Tag Raid. If you comment on any of the videos here on YouTube or on tabletop.com you can be in with a chance to win one of three Operation Crimson Stone Battle Packs. So join me, Ben, Justin and Free as we dive into the world of gaming news because your weekend starts here. Hello everybody, we are back after our little Halloween hiatus. Mm -hmm. I hope you enjoyed the RPGs we threw out for you, because mm. they were a lot of fun to do. They well, really were, yeah. Those dark places were a lot of fun to do. Uh, mm. I didn't get to play in Warfrip. It's terrible. Oh. I did get it to play it as it was going. It was full, of full of spidery goodness, which was, yeah. uh, which was great. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you played in pumpkins. Epic. Epic halfling just going, I am always hungry, feed me now. Always hungry, always pickpocketing, you know, stereotypical of it. <laughs> well, if you missed out on those, then you can go back and have a look. Uh, while away the hours while you're doing some hobbying, perhaps. Mm. Listen to us fumbling our way around both mm. the uh, grimdark old world and the grimdark science fiction future. Um, so we've just returned, and now we're going to tell you we're not here next week. Yep. <laughs> We're off to salute. Yes. Uh, so next week, uh, all of us here <laughs> are going to be away at uh, Salute, uh, which is down in London, obviously. So if you're there, maybe pop by and see us as you're wandering around the event. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be bringing you a live blog on the Saturday the 13th, uh, so watch out for that. We're going to be talking to all the different traders and checking out all the demo games and everything else as well at the same time. So make sure to go and uh, dive in and, uh, mm. and check out all that goodness. Um, I think it's going to be really fun coming back to Salute. Salute's one of my favourite shows. Uh, I, I particularly love all the participation games they put on and everything, which is going to be fun. Uh, and it will be nice to meet some of the traders that we potentially missed out on over the last year and a half or so. Um, there are well, quite a lot of them going. Um, yeah. So. There is something for everyone watching this. If there is like your cottage industry favourite that is going to be turning up to the show and you want us to stop off with them, drop it down below. Yeah, definitely. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah, we'd love to. We'd love to catch up with people that maybe are sort of like on the sidelines and that kind of thing. Would be nice. Mm. Uh, alas, Oath Sworn aren't going to be there. Shame, shame. Oh, they heard they heard you were coming, and they're thinking it's getting a bit too stalkery. There, Ben. That's true. They want yeah. just put a bit of distance yeah. between you and their yeah. burrow. <laughs> yeah. If if you look oh. at the South London Warlords website, traders that you think we should go and visit that maybe people haven't heard about great also participation games yes there were some stonking yeah. ones uh when we were last over uh my favorite being the lego um flash yes. gordon game that oh, i think actually wow, won the best amazing. in the show yeah uh, so if you happen to be affiliated with a club and you know that your club is doing something exciting and different unusual that we should stick a camera on and show the world yes. uh, drop it in the comments below and i'll go scurrying off to find them Otherwise, if left to my own devices, I'll just spend all my time around the ancients and Napoleonic's tables. So mm. you have been warned. That's a good place to be. I mean, it is. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right, we, we have a, a child lease for Jerry just to strap on him and go, no, 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 come on, Jerry, come on. Yeah, but Jerry, it won't work. you'll just all get dragged along with me. <laughs> I was going to say, you do know how tall Jerry is, don't you? <laughs> exactly. Uh, get get low. You, you've got the, the force of momentum pulling him down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like but... a dog. When you put a harness on it, you know, you lift it up, it can't get power. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to own pets, are you, Justin? <laughs> There's an order somewhere that says you can't. <laughs> However, Moving on from that, uh, apart from Salute next week, we also have the kickoff of our Global Gunslinger League for yeah. Wild West Exodus, uh, yeah. third edition, I believe. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Yeah. Definitely yes. new. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and new two-player starter set yeah. on the go with all of the erratas and stuff in the rulebook that comes in the box. And myself yeah. and Jerry are taking part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, Jerry and Justin are going to lead us through with uh, videos over six weeks, which is pretty awesome. We're also yep. going to have build videos showing you how to, how to build some of the miniatures. We've got painting videos showing off kind of uh, schemes for both of the factions in uh, Showdown at Retribution so that you can use those as a template to carry on and paint the rest of your force, which is pretty awesome. Uh, we're obviously the bigger global gunslinger league it in of itself exists, which is going to be a way for you to sort of put together projects and stuff over on our project system. Yeah. Uh, and you can win yourselves achievements and all sorts of bits and pieces, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and the whole sort of purpose of this is to try and get you stuck into Wild West Exodus from the very beginning. So if you are new to the game, this is going to be the perfect opportunity for you to dive in and give it a go. Uh, we have a sign-up page that you can see there that Jerry's showing off. Uh, you're going to get yourself a PDF when everything launches up, which will sort of lead you through everything and tell you everything you need to know. Uh, but yes, if you've got uh, Showdown Rep- Retribution pre-ordered already, make sure to crack that out and follow along with us and paint up your forces. Uh, let us know whether or not you're doing, you know, Union or Enlightened and uh, sort of which one you like faction. more. Yeah, <laughs> clearly the enlightened. Yeah, well, it, it or makes sense. Go off base and dive into one of the other factions if the, the look of them calls out to you. Yeah, true. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's going to be six weeks of awesome Wild West Exodus goodness. Yeah. Uh, so make sure you follow along and get stuck in. Uh, if you're a veteran as well of, of it, it'll be fantastic to see you in painting up some odds and ends and showing stuff up as well. We love seeing what you're doing. Uh, we're going to be sort of working alongside collaborators and uh, and influencers as well, showing off what they're doing, their unboxings and painting videos and that kind of thing. We'd love to see battle reports. Oh, my God, we want battle reports. More battle reports. <laughs> Bring on the battle reports. I'm, I'm easily amused. Uh, if you are getting involved and you do start a project, you also are in with a chance to win a big bundle to expand oh, your yes. force as well. Mm. Uh, so we have two bundles that we're giving away, uh, I think, in January. So after mm-hmm. the the... Global Gunslinger League finishes off in uh, December around Christmas time. Uh, we'll come back from the Christmas break, have a hook through all the projects, and two lucky people will get a big bundle of stuff thrust at them to mm. expand the world. Can't say more than that, can we really? Mark, top secret. Mm. <laughs> so, shall we dive into the most important part of the week? Mm-hmm. Yes, I've missed it. <laughs> it's time for the end of the week. And this week, we're going all ironclady, but Ooh. I don't mean Civil War ships. Oh, I mean ironclad cool. miniatures. Oh, okay. Ooh, very nice. Which is a delightful place full of delightful things. Um, leaning heavily on the Victoriana sci-fi, but there is also a variety of um, 28 mil historic miniatures that you can use in a variety of places as well they've also got a few bits of scenery uh, so i think we'll start with the train and, and work our way out because mm-hmm. i quite like some of the train stuff 
So I'll start with the uh, 20 mil bits and bobs. So some of this is, I suppose, reproduced in multiple scales. So they have the shanties in 20, but they also have something similar in 28. But nice. very nice little uh, shanty towns. If you want to spend your time doing 20 mil uh, moderns, mm. running around various parts of Africa with uh, is a white dragons range. You could use it for some sci-fi as well. Yeah, you mm. could use it for sci-fi also. You definitely could. Post-apocalyptic. All, all I can say, though, is, is the, I'm pretty sure it's white dragon do 20 mil. Um, yeah, models. they do 28, uh, 28 and 20 mil, don't they? Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Which I just oh, think my God, look, those would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, you could go the whole hog and sculpt your own stuff for uh, hard sci-fi and uh, spend your time doing bad South African impressions for District 9. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that, as bad as that, if not yeah. worse. Yeah. on. Yeah. But I do quite like the the twenty mil stuff. It is quite yeah. nice. Most of my twenty mil, however, is ancient based. So unfortunately, an outdoor shitter is yeah. no use to me, which is a terrible, terrible shame. Maybe if it had been, you know, an Adobe one from Carthage, that would be fine. <laughs> Um, but alas, alas, this little What's not meant to be? this little wooden one will not work for me. No. It will not work. Um, but sure. dumping away those because I don't want to spend too much time on the terrain because otherwise we won't get to play with anything else. I will have a look at the French and Indian Wars 28 mil stuff because that is beautiful. Nice, so yeah. if you're planning on doing things like Savage Frontier, mm-hmm. um, Footsore, or uh, that elk, They've got a really nice set of wooden palisades, I suppose, for your your frontier forts. Um, all of the shapes that are required to build your fort, whether you want just a plain square, if you want a nice star-shaped or a round, you can get the bits and pieces and put it together in a whole host of ways. Nice. And I like just the, the modularity of it all, including, look, walled gate. You could get quite the encampment with these, couldn't you? Oh, very much so. It even worked for, uh, there was a Indian encampment near New Orleans that was very similar mm. uh, in build to this that the British absolutely ripped through in a uh, horrendous way, I think, <laughs> is the best way to put that. Typical British faction for the period. Well, you know. Are these exactly. done in? Uh, are these done in resin? Then these these are all resin cast. I quite like the earth ramp to get up it's to the nice. palisade. Uh, See, which... The French and Indian Wars is a part of history that I would love to get into gaming. But again, it's finding someone local that is you know wanting to play that as well. Just ask Tony. Tony crumbles anytime anybody puts a new period in front of him. <laughs> and okay. That's the best way to do it. I really like that. That's the, uh, gorgeous. Oh, yeah. The the blockhouse. Mm-hmm. Which is also sectionalized. Nice. But apart from uh, the, like the individual pieces, you can get the whole sets. forts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if you want to just grab a small stockade or the pieces mm. you need, you can build it up that way, or you can get the, the whole kit and caboodle. Very reasonably priced as well. For It is 20, very uh, much so. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking that. Mm. which I'm all quite a bit in there. Yeah. I'm a a fan of that. I mean, you could make it yourself if you want to just sit with dowels and balsa wood. Um, But why bother when somebody else already done the heavy listening? 
All of these really give off a, a kind of nice horror scenario as well. Cam, a cabin in the woods kind of equivalent. All of the, uh, I can just imagine some kind of, what was the uh, XLBS we were speaking about the other day, the ones that come in the video case. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, great. Don't look back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, out in the camp. You could basically play out some Friday the 13th. Yeah. Yep, very much so. Yeah. We actually have a series of articles on the site about the French Indian Wars. Um, so if you're interested in wargaming the period itself, I'll see if I can put the link down below for so you can go and check all those out because they're a couple of years old now, but they're pretty evergreen because they talk about everything in terms of sort of like wargaming on a go on a grander scale than just specifically about one system. So yeah. very cool. Also for fans of everything from Napoleonics to Pike and Shot uh, or mm. even Medieval, uh, Gabion's always handy to have wicker baskets full of rocks never go out of fashion even for fantasy <laughs> so the field works are, are also good way, to, good way to hide yep. yeah. <laughs> I, I like to think so yeah. uh, where is my is it in the trenches section there's some really nice pill boxes that I want to show yeah nice lovely so where will one fans rejoice there mm -hmm. are a whole host of trench works that you can build into however if we get a little further down we oh it's not in here where are they hiding? I love the one that's actually had a shell strike in it. Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's right. The thing that's quite nice about that then as well is that it means that you don't have to build an entire board that is trenches. Yeah. You can use these modularly. Modularly? That's, that's a new word. Modularly. Put it over the top of it, and then it builds on top of the, the board, yeah, which is quite nice, and allows you to play around a little bit more. But uh, yeah. Here's where they live. talked about a good while ago was if you're doing trench warfare, don't do two trench lines do that that final push so one side of the board has the trenches and the other side is coming into them yeah yeah, yeah. so put, it's a proper assault yeah. yeah put your friend who you don't like out in the open and then hunker down <laughs> in your trench <laughs> with, some, with some uh field fortifications and then just rip them apart i mean yeah. we're all for that there's my little pillbox <laughs> there's my little okay. pillbox oh, that is great i love horrible. those yeah. Ooh, i like the supplies that pillbox is great isn't it Adorable pillboxes. <laughs> so, so yeah, they do a whole host of resin bits and bobs uh, for a variety of periods. Nice. However, enough Very of nice. that. Let's have a look at some miniatures. I know where I want to finish. So mm -hmm. in the meantime, let's just get started with Northwest Frontier. So this would be your Afghan war. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So if you're planning on, on doing some British colonial, some of Queen Victoria's little wars, mm -hmm. uh, then this is a, a good place to go to. And you have a variety of military factions involved. So you have both the, the Pathans, the British, and Sikh and Indian troops as well for the Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. So all 28 mil. Not sure what system they're based for. I would love to ask them. <laughs> Maybe we'll find out in the comments below. You just could commit to either side. Excited to go their own way. These are really nice. Well they are detailed. really nice. That's yeah. what, yeah. Lots of character built into the faces as well, which is mm. always important, I think, with miniatures. So, yeah. I haven't seen uh, Corporal Jones anywhere. <laughs> I would imagine he'll be the one with the bayonet affixed because they don't like it up them. <laughs> Well, they don't. We we learned that. Yes, true. Yeah. There's a gun crew. 
I haven't seen the guns, so I don't know if they're hidden separately on the site or if you're just going to have to get your gun from elsewhere, but there are plenty mm-hmm. of manufacturers that will produce uh, individual guns and limbers, so you can just get them uh, up there. Their camouflage is that good? <laughs> Invisi gun. Yeah. <laughs> nice cavalry. Very nice. So lovely stuff um, from the Afghan war and another sort of, I suppose, smaller war, the Boxer Rebellion, oh. which uh, I think War Games Atlantic are... They're going to be doing their plastic, plastic kit, yeah. Soon, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the, the Boxer Rebellion, interesting simply mm-hmm. because of not just the boxers themselves, but the amount of European powers who were all sticking their oar into China at the time. So even yeah. though the war was only a yearish long, mm. uh, you've got a lot of various uh, European, uh, I suppose Russian as well, forces in there, um, desperately trying to make everybody in China as miserable as humanly possible. <laughs> who would have thought that just because yeah. people didn't want to be force-fed opium, uh, that they would go to war over it? Huh? Strange. Good old empire, eh? Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what you see is you must buy our opium because we want to sell it to you. But mm. we like money. What's quite nice, I, I like that, because um, I assume that Ironclad's been around for quite a while then. Yes. Yeah. Because it's it's been quite interesting seeing, obviously, a lot of these periods appearing once more in the kind of zeitgeist from other mm. companies. And then that opens the door for companies like Ironclad who have been around for a while to be like, hey, come back and check out this range. I mean, see what you think of it. So, exactly yeah. that. Because I expect when, when War Games Atlantic's plastic boxers land, um, being able to come in here and pick up chiefs and some of the more, yeah. uh, I say, specialized or um, unique troops. Yeah. So, like the rocket launcher teams, which we know won't be part of the, the plastics brew. It's a good way of doing it. You can get your bulk and then you can add in metals to uh, to get your, your special or your uh, characters in there as well to flesh out the range. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Look at that. Fill in your gaps. Mm. I do like that. And there's the red I lanterns. Loved, I loved the, I loved reading about the, the firework launches and things that they had in mm. China and stuff. And someone was saying that... Um, they they never actually really hit anything, <laughs> no. But they, but they were there to scare the bejesus out of everybody who was because if suddenly lots of explosions are going off, you're probably going to duck. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> there's a big red loud noise explodey thing flying exactly. at me. I am gonna just go. Yeah, how about no? I'm out. Well, there was mm. exactly. I mean, the uh, the British used rockets in the Napoleonic Wars and had exactly the same effect. Mm. They hit very very rarely. Um, they went in every direction because nobody had thought of putting fins on rockets to stabilize them. So once you launched them, they just went wherever they wanted to cartwheel yeah. around the place. But just the, the fact that so much would explode all over the place is uh, is interesting. Yes. And if you happen to be marching towards the lines and things are exploding randomly around you, so you can't even work out whether or not you're going to be hit, you might think twice about advancing any further. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. But enough Lovely of our ring. boxers. Yeah. Uh, I will have a look very briefly at a very British Civil War mm-hmm. uh, because it's not a massive range, but an interesting game. So if people want to see an alternate interwar period mm-hmm. where the, the fascists rise up 
and the uh, the streets of Britain run red as various mm. factions emerge. And they have some interesting figures in here. So the, the miners, particularly nice. Um, obviously, several decades before Thatcher managed to get in and rile them up. <laughs> Everyone's always riling up the miners. They do get the uh, sticky end of the stick. Yeah. I quite like um, the minor leader there as well. Oh, I was, I was upset there that he wasn't doing the shake's fist as opposed to a command. <laughs> oh, curses. This is, the, uh, is it Futsal that do a uh, sort of a very British Civil War stuff as well? Is it? Uh, Futsal do enter war stuff as well Civil that can war, be used because yeah. I, I don't think... Uh, a very British Civil War has a actual official range, so there are a lot of different people do interwar stuff that can be used for it. Yeah, um, yeah. like Footsore and and, mm. and others. I really like that. I know bomber. That's cool. Yeah, I with a Molotov yeah. and TNT strapped to the front. Yeah. Very nice. Walk out the pub, throw a Molotov. Because all they have to do is grab some of the mining explosives and repurpose Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Telegram rifles. Yep. Wow, that's cool. That is... I really like this. Yeah, <laughs> It's very British. It is very British. I'd like to point out Telegram um, communications team there. It's a pigeon and a guy holding the pigeon's wicker carry case. Yes. So, you know, <laughs> just about to send news back from the front. Please send reinforcements. Speckled Jim. <laughs> that was fantastic. This is great. Yeah. Little rocket man. That's awesome. That's brilliant. Look, Pew and Pew with the Vickers. Yeah. Well, Pew and additional Pew. Yeah. Well, they're in Trumpton, they were twins. So it's yeah. Pew, Pew. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. They're really interesting. Yeah, I love them. I love the old, the old-fashioned brass helmet as well. Yeah. On the firefighters, <laughs> just to let people know you mean business. I think what's quite nice about this kind of stuff as well is that it allows you to play something that's of the period of sort of World War One to World War Two, but yeah. not be historical in the same sense. Exactly. Yeah, you can. And, yeah, really explore it and go nuts. And I know sometimes mm -hmm. people won't go near historical games especially world war ii uh, towards moderns because they they don't want to i suppose take sides with that you know people yeah. whose grandparents may still be alive who fought yeah. in the war and that sort of thing so they, they there's always that connection that they don't want to replay a game of what they went through on the tabletop mm -hmm. yeah but yeah. with this this is just pure what if pure speculation yeah, I think that's what's so good about. I think that's what's so good about things like the Cold War Gone Hot stuff as well. Mm. That we see from Team Yankee, where it's kind of it is definitively based within his history, but takes a swing in a different direction. And I think you get the same thing here with this, which is really nice. Oh, um, and I think it could it, it could be really fun for like skirmishy stuff and bigger battle stuff as well. I think. Mm. So. Oh, look at them, Pacey Plotnikov. I'm liking this because there's there feels like there's less pressure to be accurate with the period. Yes. And you yeah. can get your weapons and stuff right, but you don't have to have this specific regiment with this specific camo scheme, with this specific commander, with this many yeah. tanks, yeah. this many guns. This this gives you a little bit more freedom. I also like that you could rock down to your local model village 
and mm-hmm. uh, play games in it with 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 with, with and it'll be perfect. So yeah, <laughs> I'm sure other people that were attending would find it kind of weird, but uh... <laughs> I, I just love the idea that that's that's where you went to with this. Um, <laughs> if, when you say that there aren't specific things with a very British civil war, you can go completely nuts with it. But they have done quite a lot of work and defining their alternate history because when you do something like this in the same way, you know, 40K, you do have the scope to do whatever you want. But at the same time, they've written a lot of backstory and this happened, therefore this happened, and therefore this and the cascade of history that would follow, which means you do have, if you want, specific regiments and specific uh, factions um, sort of existing within it. Uh, but the okay. Dark Continent is another pulp-esque. Not That's Tarzan. pretty awesome. Yeah, I like that. That's great. Tarzan, the name God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, You could use this with your... Um, that. What's it called? Pulp. What's the, what's the name of the game? It's really annoying. I've got the name of it. <laughs> It'll come. It'll come back to you, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll just think about it in the corner. Like, like amazing, like amazing tales, pulp yeah. stories. Yeah, I, I, there's almost entirely one out there. Join us on XLBS to find out what bits. Yeah. Quite like, like the Victorian pulp alley. Pulp there we alley. go. I, I could see in my head the red and yellow writing for the website yep. as well, but That's I couldn't it, remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Victorian explorer. That's brilliant. There was a, fem- a famous female Victorian explorer who I remember there was a story where she fell into essentially a, a, a tiger trap or a, you know, a, a pit filled with, with snakes. Yeah. But because she was doing her exploration in a proper dress like that, when she fell, the dress would have bloomed out and then caught on the stakes. So she was suspended above them and survived. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, somebody please get me out. Fetch one of my bears. <laughs> like something from a Disney movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a heck of a set of mutton chops on that one. Oh, wow. That's straight out of Jumanji, that is. I also like yep. the fact he's called Henry Simerson. Because that's uh, the name of the git who has the South Essex in the Sharp books. He gets disgraced oh. by Sharp. Right, Sir Henry yeah. Simerson. Yeah. If you just, if you, you know, shaped that beard of yours, Jerry, you, you'd look quite a lot like Henry Simerson. <laughs> I, I was tempted to. I, I did trim it back because we're going to salute, so I, I need, I need space to get a mask around my face <laughs> while we're on a plane, uh, which has really annoyed me because I was, I was there quite are, like, hairy and frightening. You can get that work as a mask. Who was? You can get masks that are essentially just like a beard apron, so it just hangs flat over the beard and everything. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, you're supposed to have a tight you fit around your mouth and nose. Otherwise, it's not really functioning as a mask. Uh, Don't worry. When we bring Delta Plus across to salute with us, because Northern <laughs> Ireland, we're on top of this curve, uh, you'll all get know, to we'll experience it. Yet. Oh, that's brilliant. Nice. The Witch Doctor and the Shaman are my favourite so far. Hmm. I wonder, is the skull detail sculpted or... Oh, yeah. You can see it better on that one. Yeah, but I mean, like, the, the bone stuff on the fingers. It looks like... Oh, like on the legs and... On his, yeah, on his chest. I would imagine you paint that on. But, yeah, the war paint stuff. Mm. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Very cool. I like, I like the Dark Continent. 
go well with some of Mark Cobblestone stuff as well for more sort of pulp excitement. Nice. But then sticking with pulp, but going to a whole other world, Victorian sci-fi. And this is why Ironclad is Ironclad. And we'll start the bidding with the steam tank section. Amazing. Because it is not a small section. It really isn't a small section. Wow. They are cool. And bigger. It just keeps on trucking. That is a walker. Because <laughs> you're on Mars, you have to deal with these things. There's even an airship. Oh, wow. And the drills. Um, we'll have a look at really? the drill machines as well. Definitely need the... I, I, I see these and I think of a Thunderbirds era mm. cartoon style show. And that's all I can think of. <laughs> really, I see these and I get the... Uh, the chances of anything coming from Mars are a million to one, they say, stuck yeah. in the head. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking like super old school Captain America. You know, the Hydra has went off on one yeah. yet again. Oh, wow. Tiny picture. That's a tiny oh. picture for a big creation. <laughs> tiny, tiny propeller. Yeah. Those are brilliant, though. I love those. They're fab. I like the other one. There was the one that was coming out of the ground, wasn't there? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Jerry has that one, too. This one. Ah, it's awesome. And that's only because you like the turtles. No. <laughs> but anyway, not alone, not alone, because we also have things like the Nautica, the Cloud Ship, a Martian Amazing. tripod, and because there's oh, that's... one on the other page that I really want to show off the little single man walker. I thought these oh, would be good for World West Exodus. Mm. In all fairness, yeah, you use them for some of that. If you want, like an alternate uh, Strider Cav, mm-hmm. mm. oh, I love that War one. of the Worlds, isn't it? Like it's old school like, War of the Worlds. See, I'm just imagining like one of the the water tanks on top of a New York building that's just decided I've had enough of this. I want to go and live my best. <laughs> See you later, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool, Jerry. So, with the what do their Martians look like then? Do they have a range of Martians? They have a range of Martians. Because I'm eager to see. They also have cephalopods, which is very small. So we'll see that. And then there's also the Sandwar and the Selenites, who are two more alien races. What's in the horrors? The horrors. Oh, we'll get to the horrors in a moment. Great, great, eh? Oh, wow. And the reason Ironclad came to my mind this week is because I've been looking at a lot of stuff for Silver Bayonet. And I've been complaining that trying to find things like vampires is quite tricky. Mm. Um, Because you can find an awful lot of vampires, but you can't find many in realistic Historical that are just like Meh. yeah, it's, it's bat wings and bat armor everywhere. Whereas maybe you want to have somebody who can just be, you know, stalking down a street. Yeah, um, yeah. That reminds me of like an old, bad like hero movie set in like the nineteen forties. Oh, last time I saw it was on VHS. <laughs> That's your time to remember a name or something, Justin. Yeah. Answers on a postcard. It was literally called The Shadow. The movie was called The Shadow. I'm just trying to yeah. remember what the hell happened in it because it was so long ago. Starring Alec Baldwin. Oh, wow. Yes. 
which is I'm trying to remember who made um, the shadow because the shadow is a cartoon from the twenties. Uh, oh but, wow! But that's why I came here looking for vampires because there's Mina. Mina Harker. Mm. Mm. And I mean, she worked perfectly in a silver bayonet. She would, mm. yeah. I also quite like Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Watson because that's Jeremy oh, Brett. Wow, they're brilliant. Just right there, I think it's. I'm trying what? to remember the actual episode where he breaks out the pistol. These are 28 mil, Jerry. These are 28, yeah. yeah. That's, brilliant. That's fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Are Martians? Mm. So Martians follow the, um, I suppose, more the Edgar Rice Burroughs style of Martians. Ah, okay, Where right. you have red Martians and black Martians and, you know, mm-hmm. so that they're more humanoid than um, monsters. Aliens, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, but there are still some things in there. So, for example, our Martian calf. Oh, cool. With their unusual looking creatures. Yeah. It's, it's very, yeah. very apt, obviously, for the Victorian sort of period yeah. and the little wars to have this, but sort of like done on a planetary scale yeah. rather than the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting times. Where they didn't yeah. shave a camel. <laughs> but at the, the same time, it, it also has that sort of um, Flash Gordon feel. Yes, you know, yeah. from the original black and white Flash Gordon, where the Martians, Ming the Merciless, and friends all looked like humans for some reason, <laughs> but with outlandish costumes, whatever they had lying around the back. Uh, that's yeah. clearly not a Macedonian helmet on that man. In no, no, no way. So. Uh, but found, they do have, found it in the prop department. Yeah, they do have, <laughs> so they do have the cephalopods. Uh, or for fans of Babylon 5, a Nacoline feeder from the Centauri sector. Do you think they're walking on just those two legs? Uh, they they shuffle along depending on how they're feeling. Yeah, yeah. You know. I'm, I'm guessing psychic. they live in low gravity. Mm, they're awesome. Yeah. And Very we, different. We have a more insectoid-looking group of... Uh, I suppose, aliens with multi-arms. So again, more Edgar Rice Burroughs-esque. Yeah, very mm. Not yeah. as big as, as they are. In the There's one from John Carter, yeah. Yeah, mm. he would be massive. But they have a, a few drones, leaders, lunars. And, those are nice, I like those, yeah. And for Star Wars fans, there are the Sand War <laughs> warriors. I don't know uh, what you mean. They're little tiny gas masks and they're big sticks. They'll be back and in Massive greater numbers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I almost want to pick up something, hold it above my head and scream. But I'm not <laughs> so that's I like those. Those are nice. Yeah. Uh, I suppose the, very, uh, very cool the Victorian. Uh, before we flee this place, you wanted to see the horrors and the Let's horrors. Say what's in the horrors. The horrors are. As you would expect, horrors. So oh, again, they're vampires. Classic looking as well. Again, very good for silver bayonet. Yeah. Oh, what the, we do in the shadows, the tabletop game. The tabletop game, yeah. <laughs> Just break out seven TV. Um, oh, also, you've got proud. Wolfman, Frank, Morlocks. Morlocks. Oh, oh. Nice. Zombies. Zombies. Zombie hordes, yeah. Cool. Oh, they're brill. Nice. And to round things off, because I have to, 
It's very important I show you these. Okay. The grubs. I, I just the like to say. Actual grubs? Oh, no, they're better than actual, actual grubs. Oh, my days. Are they worms? Yes. Yep. Yes, they so If you want to play worms on the tabletop. Yeah. <laughs> worms 3D for real. Yeah. Oh, they do Russian ones with Little and Shanka. The only, only these four packs. So your Yanks, your Russians, your Germans, <laughs> and your uh, British. Bus. Those are brilliant. You know, you know how we were talking about participation games? Mm. Imagine someone did a worms with these at, at Salute. That would be yeah. brilliant. These yeah. are about 28 mil as well. Do you actually have to flick a little grenade token and see where it lands? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you, have some, you have people with fans on either side of the, the board blowing wind <laughs> so that it'll knock <laughs> things back and forth. Yeah. It works for me. Yeah. I'm 100% on board with that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so if you've ever been looking for worms for your tabletop, mm-hmm. you know where they live. Mm. They live One question: ironclad miniatures. Mm. Are these guys going to be at Salute? I don't know. Haven't looked. Haven't haven't bothered okay. looking. I've been too busy looking at who's playing what games at Salute. I'll look uh, at the traders right. next week. So far away. I, I I will have to have a look. And if these guys are there, I definitely want to mm. stop off. So there we have it. Another indie of the week. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick swish, and when we come back, we're going to be diving right into the news. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that sh- you love. It's the News. <laughs> okay, folks, we are back and we are going to kick off the news with some fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Mantic Games have already released two fantasy armies this year with the Salamanders and the Hifflings. And they decided to follow it up with the announcement of the Rift Forged Orcs. Uh, mm. So, these are a sub faction for the orcs in kings of war uh this comes off the back of halpy's rift uh and the campaign that kicked off in the mountains there uh these orcs are a little bit bigger a bit more brutal and a bit better armored than the -the run-of-the-mill regular orcs that have been kicking around already um so the idea behind them is uh the wicked one garkin who created the orcs during the uh, the god war looked at what was going on during halpy's rift and went oh these orcs aren't really particularly good are they they're getting their ass kicked i need better orcs so he went to work uh in crafting a new set of orcs uh, and these are going to be the uh first of the rift forge so there's going to be i think three waves um we're going to see a army a box and a mega army before Christmas, so sometime in December, that will contain the new plastic sprues and some of the the new uh, resin models. So the likes of the storm collar and the rift forger here, uh, and then in January we'll get a few more of the pieces individually released, and then finishing off in March. Um, it's a relatively big drop from Mantic as well. It really is. Yeah. Uh, so even though it is a sub faction of the orcs, and they can take some of the current orc things like fight wagons, uh, this is a. Oh. Big, brutally new faction, essentially. Uh, so you could run it totally as is without any of the, the older orcs if you want. Uh, these are unfortunate pe- fellas, the Thunderseers, who are Cyclopses who bound to uh, the Abyss. They they get to live their torment twice. They 
they see how they're going to die because they can see the future. And so they live through their torment and then they die and live through their torment again. Uh, it sucks to be them. <laughs> oh, no, it's that um, they, they do, however, rock 30 attacks in a horde, which is filth. <laughs> I say, because my ogres only get 18. I hate them. I hate them so much. That's a bucket of dice, that is. Jeez. Uh, like and, a little dice bucket. Yeah, and because they, um, because they are seers after both armies have deployed, uh, they can redeploy because nice. they know where they nice. should be. So... So a little bit of, of filth coming in there. Uh, but it mm. should be fascinating to see how these play out. They are different take on the, the orcs. They're like an upgraded version, if you will. So a bit more brutal. And as always, Mantic have some interesting um, monsters tying in with them as well. I absolutely love the monster designs from Mantic over the last couple of years. Mm. I think I think they do monsters better than pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know who he is yet because I haven't seen the full list. Uh, the list comes in the new Clash of Kings book, which mm-hmm. is released on Monday. Um, so at that point, we'll see all of the, the, uh, the actual stat lines rather than just the teasers we've seen until now. Um, but you have things like this as the cover art. So we do know there are manticores, both winged and unwinged. Nice. Wingless. So wingless manticore mounts um, for cavalry. There's this big happy-go-lucky fella at the back, uh, which is a, a titan-sized base, so a 75 mil square. I don't know what it is, but I know I want one. Um, it looks like someone's been playing with their chemistry set. Well, you know, when you have the Smith God, or at least the dark side of the Smith God soul, uh, creating these things, then Hence all you know, the hammers. Yeah, you get a weird, weird stuff going on there. Um, and actually, after this story was was published, uh, but before we started filming, Mantic dropped one other little uh, nugget coming in March. So it's a, a ways off yet. Uh, the orc. Rift Forged Orcs are getting flying cavalry. Oh, wow. Because, oh, because they needed Manticore flying cav, maybe. Uh, I, I find it hard to believe that the Hellstrike Manticores are required for the Orcs. Uh, <laughs> however, it does finally give the Orcs flying options, um, nice. which will make, I mean, they were a solid army on the whole uh, already. The Rift Forge giving them a sort of elite version to play with mm. is interesting. Because prior to this, they haven't had a sub faction, unlike um, the other armies in in Panathor. So, yeah, interesting, I, interesting concept and interesting plans and effort. Yeah, I, I am all for people doing more interesting things with orcs, hmm. and and I like that Mantic have basically gone. You know what? We can sort of upgrade and tweak the orcs yep. in Kings of War and Panathor to do something fun with them. Yeah, I, I, I love the armor designs. I think it's really cool, sort of like archaic, a little bit mystical. I like they've got all the hammers in there as well, which, as we were saying, sort of speaks back to the iconic god, the Smith God, as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah nice. it'll, it'll be fascinating to see how how people take them and what they uh, what they come up with list wise, because the current orc list is solid but monotonous. Um, mm. When you've got just a lot of you know orcs pushing forward in hordes generally, and then um, you know some fight wagons and some boar riding. Um, sort of cavalry options which these guys can still take but when you add in the fact that they're now going to have flying cav they're now going to have a variety of monsters and things like the uh the thunder seers yeah interesting times ahead my mm. halflings will have to double down if i'm going to deal with these <laughs> yeah it's it's all forest trolls yeah <laughs> but yeah you're already thinking of tactics then, Jerry. Oh, yeah. Already. Oh. oh yeah. Already thinking of purchases as well. <laughs> uh, that's neither here nor there. But moving away from the world of Panathor and mm-hmm. into the frosty north. 
oh, if you're a fan of that 1982 cult movie, The Thing, you're going to be happy to know that the ball game's making away from Aries game. So, but the thing is, it's keeping theme closely as possible to the film. So I'm generally going to be disturbed if you haven't seen the thing. And if you haven't, please just pause this video and go and watch it now because you're generally missing a cult <laughs> classic. Might as well tell me you've not seen The Warriors. But anyway, uh, you'll know the film set in Antarctica where a large group of American researchers come across uh, extraterrestrial life form that can choose a host and parasite to assimilate and imitate any other organism. So quite creepy. So after they had their successful Kickstarter with Pendragon Games, it's now being published by Ares. So they've said that they've combined a mix of different mechanics to keep it as close to the film as possible. And it can take up to eight players. So you can play it solo, but it can take up to eight players as well. And it is a hidden role game. So one of you is going to take the role as the thing. And the others of you are going to be human prey. But if you are the thing, you're going to want to infect everybody around you, but you're not going to know who the thing is. It's going to be quite good. So your hope (laughs) is to infect the humans and stop them from getting anywhere near safety, or you could be quite extra careful and sneaky and hope to get out the end of the game by assimilating one of the humans. So you can have access to the whole of Outpost 31, which is in in the uh, film, and you're going to, all of your players as human are going to be hard at work getting on with what they need to do in Outpost 31 and their researchy business. But they might need to go off and fix the boiler or doing general maintenance. And the <laughs> thing is going to want to lure you out, take you out the light and into hiding and assimilate you. So it is possible to sabotage things around the map to make sure people go off on their own. But you're going to need to pay attention and try and figure out who the thing is. So as long as, as Jerry saw a minute ago, mm. as well as the board game, we, there's a set of miniatures that are coming out at the same time. So if you did want to swap out your standees for the miniatures, that is available too. So when I think about this, I played a lot of Among Us not long ago, and I really do see Among Us as a reskin. So you are going to, I can't imagine you'd be asking if I've played a bit sus or uh, <laughs> if anything's going down, but it's adding this. That's hanging around vents. You're, you're looking a little sus there. Yeah, yeah, I know, looking a bit sus, but it's uh, it's interesting to add the thing onto a board. Still have that same theme of exactly what happens in the thing. And I reckon it's going to be a lot of fun. And especially you can tie it in as a, it's eight people. So it's quite That's a lot of people good, involved. Yeah. The thing that the thing that I quite liked is that they especially even with the artwork and then you see with the miniatures, they've kept them as close to the film versions of the mm-hmm. creatures and characters. So especially with the like the one with the face that's sort of like attached to the big sort of extended thing. Ah uh, yeah. Right there. That's looks oh, exactly cool. like the version of it from the movie, which <laughs> I think is fantastic. Uh, keeping a lot of that retro goodness. One of them guys arms bitten off. <laughs> it even yeah. comes with it even comes with little doggy tokens as well. Oh, cool. you you're quite a fan of standees though, aren't you, Ben? I do like. I think this version's the one that I would pump for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I need to upgrade it with miniatures. I think having the standees is probably enough for this, especially with that kind of retro-looking art style that they've gone yeah, for, yeah. the colours and stuff on the board and the player standees and things. That's really cool. Very yeah. nice. I'm, I'm curious to see how they, they keep the, the pressure cooker mechanics in the game because you mm. have to have that level of paranoia when you're playing this kind of a narrative. So yeah. I'm really curious to see what mechanics they've built in for that. I think when you get a lot of people around a table, even if you don't have anything built in, they'll just start turning on each other anyway. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah they do. Yeah, so like, I've, 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 I've seen that happen in the past. 
I was playing Nemesis last weekend, which in in of itself is somewhat cooperative, I guess. Yeah. Didn't stop didn't stop people locking people away, shutting off, <laughs> uh, letting, letting aliens rip their face off. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's a good way of doing it. Mm. But enough of this science fiction banter. Let's take a look at some historics. Uh, And big news in little form from uh, Warlord Games, Mm -hmm. as they have announced their second epic black powder set. Uh, So after the American Civil War, they've now announced that the Waterloo campaign is coming to the tabletop, Mm. which is an interesting one uh, because it's relatively self-contained. So with the Waterloo campaign, they are dropping down to their... Uh, X mil, I'm going to say, because depending on who you talk to, it's either 13 and a half or 12 or 15 or big 10s or, you know, really, really small 28s. It's up Epic to you. Epic battle scale, as they call Epic it. Epic so. battle scale. <laughs> you know. uh, but they have a wealth of stuff coming for it. Uh, so the initial starts will be British and French. Mm-hmm. And that is what you actually get in the starter set for the yeah. British, just, oh. just to let you know. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's uh, 10 line infantry units uh, they say three rifle units although i've noticed the rifles are actually 10 stands so they've got two stand or two units of four and one unit of mm-hmm. two so being black powder i suppose you can split them up in various ways um you have your artillery batteries uh then there's also dragoons scots greys hussars um as far as the cavalry go for the british along with a variety of Brigade commanders as well, uh, and also sheets of flags, um, which is a neat way of doing things, it has to be said. And likewise, the French are also getting the same sort of going over. An equally absurd amount of miniatures in one moment. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because you can buy the, the full starter army, uh, or you can buy both factions together, or you can buy... Uh, complete armies so it goes from about 90 quid for a starter army up to i think like 145 for give me all of the toys right now please <laughs> um i really really want them give them to me now uh look at that even french line voltigers that's not going to help you lads don't that's go towards impressive. don't go towards the farmhouse uh but yeah the, a whole host uh all in plastic with the exception of the bonus generals you can get if you pre-order um so like before with the acw they are 10 man strips um so four stands to unit using the black powder rules uh, i still say you should knock those inches back to centimeters if you actually want to play on a gaming table that's smaller than about the size of two houses uh, <laughs> you know that's just me uh, they're also repackaging or not repackaging but the the sprues then will be bundled into these infantry light cav and heavy cav brigade boxes so you'll be able to pick up extensions and expansions to your force um which is going to be neato especially look as i was with shakos my favorite just with busby hats less so <laughs> what, what what's wrong with a busby hat jerry uh, it's just too, too annoying to paint i just like the shako look <laughs> All of my hazards have shackles. People need to knuckle down. Uh, a no veritable cornucopia of figures, as you can see here. Yeah. If if I open everything, we'll be here forever and a day. Uh, the real question will come down to what way they expand this, I suppose. Um, people who already have 15 
Mel Napoleonic's probably not going to be going for this. Um, I've heard the the scaling thing over and over again. Uh, we heard it through the ACW. But if you've never played Napoleonics and you're thinking about getting into it for the first time, very much so, yeah. This is I mean, probably the way to go. Uh, because I sat down with my calculator earlier and ran through some 10 mil companies um, to get an idea of cost. And these weigh in about half the price of 10 mil. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's Even then, the metals, and I know the metals for the ACW put people off. They were going, oh, they're very expensive. But again, those metals are about the same price as 10 mil companies. Mm. So you're not, it's not that they're very expensive. It's that they're very expensive comparative to plastics, which are yeah. almost half the price. Um, yeah. So I think for beginners, the Waterloo box set's a good way to go because it's relatively self-contained. Uh, yeah. It's what they expand into, what they add into here. Um, yeah. Because you can see there, French and British are very well catered for. The British were about a quarter of the Allied army at Waterloo. You know, actual hard number-wise, Prussians yeah, yeah. were about half. There were far more Prussians than there were British. And then you've got the Netherlands, Nassau, Hanoverians, you know, all of these other factions and nationalities, which will need to be catered for. But it is contained. It is finite. Uh, so they can just focus in and make sure that they get all of those done. Nope, not too far. That's where I that's where that's what I was uh, I was talking about one of my friends. I was talking with one of my friends about this earlier today. <laughs> and the thing that was really striking for him was that they wanted to play Napoleonics, but they didn't want to put, do it in 28 mil because that just seemed insurmountable as, yes. a, as a sort of like a target for playing Waterloo. Mm -hmm. Whereas playing at this scale allows for the grandeur, but then sort of tails back the painting side of things for a little bit so you can yeah. get more games in, which I think is what a lot of people want. And like, as we were sort of like chatting back and forth about it, and I was like, oh, I'd like to do it in like a skirmishy way and all that kind of thing. He was like, yeah, but Napoleonics, when you really think about it, is ranks and ranks and ranks of infantry smoke everywhere loads of cannons lots of horses all that kind of thing and i think this kind of gives you that as you can see where the starter sets basically yeah and sort of encapsulates all of what people think of when they think of waterloo uh, which i think is definitely the way to go if you're if you're starting out i think yeah yeah well their little teaser trailer they did i think shows it off better than anything else oh. when you start seeing um just the the scope and scale i think you're right the even on the sculpts is great as well yeah. yeah and even with the even if you play black powder in 28 and you've only got 24 men to a regiment so the regiment size is going to be the same you're going to have either four or six stands and yeah. you know, six or four men on them so but it's it's just the scaling up of everything because you've got to have bases then that are going to be approximately a foot wide on a six by four table, everything becomes very tight, very quickly. Being able yes. to form squares on a tabletop and play through them like they would have is tricky on a standard board that most mm. people will have access to. Whereas this, this works much better. Although again, mm. centimeters, not inches from the rules. But yeah, um, fascinating stuff. Apart from all of the miniatures, they've also got things like the forests, the roads, the rivers, uh, and the buildings that are being done in conjunction with Sarissa. Uh, yeah. So if you are planning on doing uh, Waterloo, then you can go that way. 
be interesting if they expand it backwards after they've got everything they need out for Waterloo, they could go through mm-hmm. the rest of the hundred day campaign and, and go that way. Um, but yeah, fascinating stuff in the very, very small from Warlord Games. Very much so. Mm. Mm. I think this does though, that yes. we haven't touched on is let's say you are interested in doing Napoleonics and you've never looked near it before. Mm-hmm. One thing that would kind of terrify me is figuring out what should go into an army. This kind of takes that away from you and goes, no, 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 here are the toys you need. To <laughs> well, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just provides everything in one box. Mm-hmm. Where are we off well, to next then, Ben? Uh, so, uh, we're leaving this weird world of history behind <laughs> and we're going to delve into a realm of fantasy. In Ooh. fact, the mortal realms. Mm-hmm. Uh, so over the, uh, last weekend, uh, Games Workshop did another one of their Warhammer previews on Warhammer Day, mm-hmm. and uh, which moves around all over the place, but it still exists every year. Uh, but uh, one of the reveals was for Warhammer Age of Sigmar, Warcry, and Red Harvest, which is the new box sets coming out. So this will be the third of the box sets they've done for Warcry now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main draw of this uh, is that you get two new warbands in the set. Uh, so you get the Tarantulos Brood, uh, who are the spidery folks, if you hadn't guessed by the name. Mm-hmm. And you also get the Dark Oath Savages, who are the barbarians, if you hadn't guessed by the name. Uh, you also get a really awesome set of sort of like um, mining equipment and mining terrain, uh, because the whole sort of like um, focus behind this box is that the Tarantulos Brood are trying to find a resource called Varanite, uh, which is very good at mutating people. And they want to look a, look a lot more like their spidery gods. And so that's mm-hmm. why they are raiding this abandoned vine. Uh, the darker savages that uh, are there, um, mainly just to fight things. Uh, they just like Fair fighting, enough. I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, as, it's, as they said in their article, they are all about just kicking ass and taking names. And so when these spindly fellows show up, they think that's a good fight. Very orky in my mind. But uh, um, I actually think the designs for both the factions look really good. Uh, I think the Tarantulos Brood is fantastic. I think it's a really cool idea. Uh, it's a shame more of them don't have multiple arms mm. uh, I know. beyond just the leader. Um, but otherwise, I think they're doing a really good job with all the weapons to make them look and feel like spiders' legs and arms and feelers and all sorts of different things like that. Um, a really cool-looking force. And then if you're one of those people that prefers that kind of more traditional marauder look, uh, maybe from Warhammer Fantasy uh, Battles back in the day, then you've got the Darko Savages. We've seen some um, characters for this sort of set of uh, mm-hmm. this these chaos tribes before uh, so we had the dark oath war queen and we had the dark oath barbarian that came in silver tower back in the day i say back in the day it was only a couple of years ago now but <laughs> uh, now you have the dark oath savages as you can see here and look at that there's conan oh wait no it's not conan yes it is it's conan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like from the last picture dwayne the rock johnson if yes, that means yeah. the guy. Yeah. and it's just like are they trying to rip off the scorpion king I mean, nobody's trying to rip off the Nobody's trying to, yeah. Nobody. <laughs> Even Rock, the uh, Dwayne Johnson, doesn't like to admit to being in that. Uh, but yeah, so this set, uh, Red Harvest, comes with all of the rules you need for playing both sides. So you've got all the, uh, the rules and cards in there. You obviously then get a little gaming board to play on, you get all the terrain right. and everything like that. Um, Warcry is a pretty good one to dive into if you want to play a little bit of Warhammer Age of Sigma, but you don't want to build a full army because you just build your, build your little warbands, as you can see here, and you play a little skirmish games on the tabletop. So if you didn't want to go for Underworlds because it was too small, 
and it was a card game, and you didn't want to go for Warhammer Age of Sigma because it's a big four battle game. This is the teenager yeah. <laughs> right in the middle. <laughs> I see an awful lot of those uh, spidery little fellows making their way into 40k. Very much so, yeah. for um, I, yeah. Gene Steeler cults. I can mm. see a lot of the stuff from the Warcry range at large being sort of like um, cut up and used as bits box content to make all sorts of different things. I think that's yeah. a really cool idea. One thing I will say is I really like that Games Workshop have tried to do something different with chaos in Age of Sigmar and so that it's not just tied to the four, well, five chaos gods because the Vermin Lords obviously now are chaos god. Uh, and they've instead gone to all these different aspects of chaos within that. So like even the even though these spidery, uh, these spider followers you know, worship some arachnid god. Maybe that's a subset of something like Slanesh or Zench, or maybe it's something entirely different that the Chaos Gods are going to have to contend with. Uh, but it's a, a really awesome little sort of way for them to take things, to make it so that it's not so sort of like focused as it was before, which is cool. Yeah. So, yeah, lots more storytelling potential. But yeah, Always nice. nice. So, Free, take us on board an arc. Right, perhaps so go. I'm away from the spiders. Well, I'm not taking you completely away from the spiders because I'm taking you on an arc. So Capstone Games have announced their pre-order for Arc Nova. So it's a zoo management board game and it puts conservation first when you have to run your establishment. (laughs) So zoos really upset me. I'm one of those people. I love animals. What a surprise. I love animals. Never heard that before. But um, I always go to the zoo and London Zoo was something that really upset me. And I do like to go to zoo where conservation's put first and there's a reason for an animal being in a small enclosure so i like to think in my head that'd be pretty good at this um so you can go out in this game in building a zoo either solo with three other friends and you will work together building a business so the zoo puts conservation first players are responsible for successes and downfalls of building the zoo so that includes your animals being unhappy and the intake that you're bringing in so the zoo is front and facing and putting the well-being of animals first and they will be required to undergo studies of conservation and help the other inhabitants of the zoo just flourish and be happy. So to win the game, what you've got to do is prove that your business and or zoo is an overwhelming success. Mm-hmm. So you hope to build appeal and reputation to the park and encourage understanding nice. of the animals that are placed there. So I did have that thought when I first saw Ark Nova and whether would I have whatever it takes to run a zoo but I know that I'd end up <laughs> hugging some kind of grizzly bear so no but I am good at board games and card drafting and hand management will certainly help nice. me do that so uh, yeah depending if you want to go on it solo or go with a team of four you can it can take about 90 to 150 minutes depending on how many you are and it's all ready to be pre-ordered on the Capstone website for release in February next year Looks really nice. I like the uh, the mix of different things you got in there. As you're saying, like hand management and card and all, card drafting and that yeah. kind of thing. And then I like the maps. Uh, then you, it's like a little bit of a puzzle as well. Mm-hmm. So you have to you, you have, you're placing the tiles down to get the most out of them as well. Which I think is really nice. Yeah, that's really cool. Sort of like space management and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Cages, cages are much everything square. It's much <laughs> easier to fill it. We learned this from John Cleese. The only thing that will keep a zoo going is fierce creatures. Everything else just needs to be shot. Oh, people, around people, eh? people don't care about other things. For conservation, what you do is you put the biggest herbivores next to the smallest predators. And that way, even if one gets into the other's cage, well, you might squish a predator, but the predator's not going to eat the elephant. 
Well, what I'm like, saying is that I'm not visiting either Jerry or Justin Zoo anytime soon, and I'm <laughs> definitely going to your spin. <laughs> okay, so John Cleese is right. Okay. Fierce oh, creatures dear. all the way. Mm. Very nice, though. Very cool. Where are we off to next? Uh, so next up, we're going to be looking at some more stuff from Games Workshop. They had a couple more announcements over the weekend. Uh, the first one of these was for fans of Blood Bowl. We're going to be getting the spin-off uh, from, the, from back in the day called Dungeon Bowl. Um, so if you remember this, uh, this is the kind of like side hustle by the Colleges of Magic, <laughs> uh, where they draft together quirky and sort of mixed up teams of individuals from all over the place, and they make them play Blood Bowl, but down in the dungeons of their universities, basically. Uh, it's almost so- like an Arc Zoo. <laughs> uh, it's arc but so fraternities yeah. exactly yeah. <laughs> uh, so what you're doing this is you'll take up a team based on one of the colleges of magic uh, so for example in this set they come with the colleges of fire and shadow and you will play a game of blood bowl but it's set down in the depths of a dungeon uh, so it works exactly the same as a game of blood bowl you have to score in the end zone however you have to find the ball first, which is somewhere hidden in the chest. And then you have to brave all of the traps and everything else that the wizards have thrown in there at the same time. And also there's all those lovely portals that you can throw balls through and other players and everything like that as well. Uh, so it's a little bit of a dungeon crawler, but it's also Blood Bowl at the same time, which I think is a really fun idea. And it's nice to see it back on the tabletop after many, many years in retirement, I guess you'd say, or at least convalescence. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, the new set comes with a, its own little rulebook for playing Dungeon Bowl. You get the two teams based on the College of Fire and Shadow, as I was saying before. You get all the dice, the measures, the tiles, all the 3D components as well to make it 2.5D, as Warren would say. Uh, and uh, yeah, if, if you want to play Blood Bowl itself, then this is a pretty good way to get into that as well, because the rules are pretty much the same. Uh, so you could play this and then immediately move over and play Blood Bowl if you wanted to at a later date. Um, can you yeah. can you use the miniatures from Blood Bowl in Dunbar? Yeah. yeah, so they're all they're all compatible. So the miniatures that you see there have just been taken from different teams in Blood Bowl proper, mm-hmm. just as a mixed and matched. Uh, so in this one, you've obviously got dwarves and ogres quite uh, working together in in the, in the College of Shadow. You have the Dark Elves and Skaven, which makes sense, of course. Mm. They're all sneaky. <laughs> so all Everything they carry is poisoned. Yeah, very <laughs> true. Yeah. I can see why they've gone that Even way. their wit. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's really nice to see Dungeon Ball back. And I like that Games Workshop are kind of like playing around with these more specialist games uh, and like throwing lots of different bits and pieces into the mix as well alongside them. So mm. if if you are one of those people that just plays these kind of games and you don't go in for the big stuff, you're going to have lots of things to play around with, which I think is really good fun. And it'll be really interesting to see what they do with the other colleges, like kind of like which uh, factions they bring together for that. Yeah, like that. Uh, who they mix and match. Well, exactly. Hiles and yeah. lizard men are almost undoubtedly going to be stuffed together. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's interesting to see that the, uh, the book in there looks like it's a hardback. That's a hardback. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, because one of the things I was saying is that they want to try and make this a game in of its own right. Yeah. So, like, you know, if you were just picking this up, it would feel like, a, you know, it's, its own solid uh, product. Which is cool. I always like Dungeon Ball because, especially if you're playing somebody like Skaven or Dark Elves, who were good at throwing and catching, being able to bounce the ball off the wall and ricochet. Normally, you yes. have to make sure the ball stays in in Blood Bowl. <laughs> yeah. So people punt it center mass. But yeah. being able to do trick shots around corners uh, really annoyed people who couldn't catch balls. A lot dwarves <laughs> were looking at you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was a good time. So, yeah, fascinating to see that they're back again. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, slamming people in their walls always good clean family fun as well. 
So, exactly. Yeah. I like and you know, relay out the maze to be completely different. Yeah. So your, yeah. your matches can really change up depending on how you lay the board out. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool idea. Yeah. Rectangle. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it's a really nice sort of twist on things, especially if you're someone who's been playing Blood Bowl for ages and you just want to, you know, think it's different. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so we're finishing off then with some more GW news, but this time 40K. Yes. So we've covered everything. We've, we, you know, we've had specific games, we've had fantasy, and now we're moving into one of 40,000 uh, because we're getting a boxed set, mm -hmm. which is taking us to. Terra itself. Uh, we are going to be uh, visiting um, Holy Terra and the Seat of the Emperor with Shadow Throne. Uh, so Shadow Throne is a new set that will allow, well, give you two, I say armies, <laughs> give you two sets of miniatures, mm -hmm. uh, one for the Adeptus Custodes and one for the Gene Stealer Cults. Uh, this is going to come out alongside the Codexes for both of these factions as well. So if you wanted new rules for these, you can definitely get those. Uh, but the box set itself uh, is pretty cool. Um, it comes with the Gene Stealers and the Adeptus Custodes. Uh, and it's very much, <laughs> this is why I said armies, uh, in it, because in essence, the Adeptus Custodes are basically one-man armies in themselves. Um, <laughs> so having a few more of them there is probably overkill for the Adeptus Custodes, but uh, there we go. Punching above uh, their weight there. Exactly. Uh, you get two new miniatures in the set. Uh, you get the Blade Champion, which we saw is spinning around there, which is Arantoste Parvelen. And you also get the Reductor Saboteur Mersey Thrakes, which will also get updated rules in the new codexes when they come out. Um, Aristothe is a Blade Champion, as I was saying, who... Like, everyone has memed him now because someone put some stuff on Reddit where they were like, I fixed the box. And they basically took out all of the other Adeptus Custodes and just had him solo charging all of the Gene Stealer cults because... I was thinking there's too many of them in the box. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> he can fight in three different ways. So he has an entirely different stance for fighting heroes, then troops, then monsters. He can bat away bullets as he, you know, as you would imagine he could, sort of swinging his sword around, crazy. He's a Jedi. Yeah, he has he has invulnerable saves at the Wazoo, which Adeptus Custodians have anyway, uh, and he is just this absurd murdering machine. Um, thankfully, the GT Cults do have some ways to stop this uh, because they have they have the Reductus Saboteur, as you see there at the top. Uh, so she can plant mines all over the battlefield and blow them up at will. So I think the only way to stop the Adeptus Custodes is going to be to blow them up before they get to you. However, if I know Adeptus Custodes, they'll just push the building off themselves and keep going. Because as I've read in the lore, some of them have been shot by Titans and just walk through the explosive mist. <laughs> <laughs> so, they are Jedi. Like, I'm going to walk it off. Exactly. Um, I really like head as well. Yes, I, like, I really like that. Yeah, I really cool. like the Reductor Saboteur. I think she's a really cool miniature. How many areas does she need? Uh, as she many as possible with the custodians coming towards you. <laughs> yes. Um, what I actually quite like about this as well is that it's they've kind of said that they're going to try and build on both of these factions to make them feel more like they are in the fluff. Mm -hmm. So in the case of the Ips Custodes, they're very much like, you know, a very small elite fighting force. Like what you see there is probably about enough for a combat patrol. So like 500 points, which is insane. Uh, but they've been designed in a way so that they are playable at that scale, which I think is quite interesting. On the other side of things, they've really got into detail with the Dean Stealer Cults to make it so they are very much a, as you would probably call them back in the day when I was playing anyway, 
a finesse army. Mm. So it's all about knowing all of your rules inside out, mm. knowing exactly when to pull away and hide. Like they have rules for um, if they're in terrain and the opponent isn't near enough to the terrain or in that terrain, they just can't see them. So you can't shoot them. So they're like darting away through cover and everything like that. They have obviously all the mines and things that are going to be laying down on the table. They can come up from all different sides of the board because the whole idea behind them is that they are everywhere underneath the cities of the uh, the, the Imperium, a little bit like Skaven, I guess, uh, in the old world. But mm. um, but yeah, uh, it's going to be really fascinating seeing how these two come together. Um, annoyingly, I have dug out some old Sisters of Silence that I had lying around from a, an old Warhammer Age of Sigmar project that I was doing. Oopsie. And because the Sisters of Silence are now going to get mixed in with the Adeptus Custodians as, as the full talents of the Emperor, uh, I may end up having to buy some Adeptus Custodians. Uh, yeah. so. You say as if your arm's being twisted, Ben. You want that, that shiny goodness. I do. I, I do. I Maybe because I could paint up like an entire army and it will be like six models. <laughs> it makes you feel better, doesn't it? Yeah. It makes it's, better. it's very easy, especially when it comes to transporting your army. Exactly. What you need to do is wear yeah. cargo shorts and just put a model in every pocket. Yeah, bam, done. But, uh, but yeah, so that, that box should be coming out in the next couple of, um, well, next couple of weeks, actually. I think they said they're going to try and get it out before Christmas. Um, so next year, we'll see what happens. I've heard rumblings rumblings in the Bronx of, <laughs> of uh, Eldari on the way early next year. So that'll be fun for me because I also collect Eldar. Boom. Nice. All my, all my eggs in one? No. I was going to say chickens. Mixed metaphors. Anyway, <laughs> uh, some really cool stuff to go to our shop. There we go. <laughs> Fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. Another wonderful walk through the world of Warhammer and gaming. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to take a look at the wonderful world of 3D printing. For it is the Chesnays. Okay then. So we are back and we're going to be taking a look at some 3D printing. Who yeah. have you dug out for us, Benjamin? Well, uh, we're back for another month uh, of awesomeness from our Patreon folks. Uh, and so we wanted to focus in on Raging Heroes this time around, nice. who have put together the Arcadian Elves. So if you're looking for some sci-fi space elf goodness, they have got you covered. Uh, this is a brand new selection of miniatures uh, with heroes, troops, vehicles, and terrain uh, for you to fill the gaps, perhaps, in your grimdark army of the far future. Uh, and instead throw some of these into the mix uh, and have some fun with them. Um, as someone who has, as I said earlier, uh, been collecting Eldar and Craft Worlds recently, uh, it's fun to see these popping up that could be used as nice alternatives within your force. Um, one of the things they've done really nicely uh, is they've gone and looked at the, let's just say, lords and ladies of the Space Elves uh, and put together some fantastic-looking character miniatures that I think a lot of people will absolutely hoover up and print off at home. Uh, I think some of these are absolutely stunning. Uh, and if anybody knows Raging Heroes and their work they do in resin, uh, they have some amazing sculptors that do some really nice dynamic stuff. Uh, and a lot of their things that they've been printing over the last year or so on, on Patreon come out very nicely when they end up on the other end of the 3D printer. Uh, but yeah, if you're looking for 
a reborn lord or lady, mm. not a phoenix lord, uh, <laughs> then there are loads of them to choose from here. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but uh, as I say, they've also catered um, for those that want to kind of like fill the gaps within their armies with troops as well. So they've got loads of rangers and guardians and all sorts of things like that. They have these really awesome uh, tanks slash ships slash flyers as well. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, so if you, yes, if you wanted to go pew pew pew, they have definitely got you sorted on the pew 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 front. Just uh, quickly counting the pews. Pew 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 pew. Uh, nice. Good, good pew count. We need to do that. Over five pews. Now. Over five pews. <laughs> Too many pews. <laughs> Can't handle the pews. So many pews. It must be a church. Long pew, short pew. I'll let that trail uh, away. Yeah, and then one of the other additional things they've done is they've done that massive terrain centerpiece, which you saw at the end of the video there, just mm. a little glimpse of. Um, but yeah, really awesome stuff from these guys once again. Um, some really nice dynamic sculpts, as I was saying. Uh, that that are, I think a lot of people have shown off some of the ones without the helmets on and stuff. I think the helmeted versions of a lot of these look the best. I really like the way they've done the slightly more angular alien-looking helmets hmm. that almost have a, kind of like a little bit of a predator quality to them. Obviously, with these ones in particular, these sort of like scorpion-esque uh, characters, that's to do with their sort of Mandy Blasters they yeah, have on the side yeah, of their helmets. To keep them on. But uh, everyone loves a Mandy Blaster. Hmm. Uh, well, especially Space Marines, if you've watched the, one of the latest uh, Hammer and Bolter episodes. But, uh, but yeah, some amazing stuff uh, from the Arcadian Elves. I particularly like this massive terrain piece, which I think is going to be like, well, as it's designed to be the centerpiece of someone's tabletop, uh, you could have your Eldari or your space elves, however you want to say it, taking control of the battlefield and using this as their hub of operations on the tabletop. I think it's really cool. Um, but yeah, really nice stuff. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> they kit the terrain piece into like mm-hmm. other forms. Yeah, I think a lot of it's actually quite modular as well, so you can mix and match it, which I think is really cool. Uh, so you can have fun with that. It's also broken down into the two tiers, as they normally do. Uh, so you have the hero tier, which just allows you to pick up basically all the core stuff. So you get all of the heroes, which is one of the most important bits, yeah. and you get the different. Um, you get a few of the different sculpts for the troops. Uh, but then beyond that, if you go to the overlord tier, you get loads of different variants of the troops. You also get the modular terrain, as you can see there, uh, which would be good for making a proper kind of like space elf tabletop, uh, especially complete with webways and all sorts of different things. Yeah, you I love those gun turrets. Oh, yeah, you can craft a world. <laughs> Very well done. Oh, yes. See what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, really cool stuff uh, for <laughs> heroes once more. Uh, yeah. I think some of the pictures, as beautiful as they are, some of them do look part like Power Ranger villains. <laughs> they do fit in that uh, that universe. They're the um, Green Ranger's friends. That's the, yes, and there you go. There's the Green <laughs> Goblin's little mobile. See, it's there. You got everything. You got Green Goblin ticking a box as well as the Power Rangers. That right there. Those are probably one of the reasons people with a 3D printer and an Elder Army will be on this like a car bonnet. <laughs> By God, the old Eldar jet bikes are looking jaded in comparison Very to so. you know pretty yeah. much everything else in the world ever. I quite like the uh, the four wings as well. Yeah, yeah. Nice they've, done a, they, they've done enough, I think, with them to make them stand out a little bit more from sort of just being carbon copies, mm. which obviously you know no one really wants. You want something that looks a little bit different, but also yeah, it's yeah. familiar enough to fit in with an army. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people yeah, like self force with a bit of flavor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I know a lot of people look at these and they uh, and previous releases 
emerging heroes and then they port them over into one page rules uh, so i know a lot of people who do that so they did that with um the slightly like you know like the heroic fantasy templar paladins that they did a couple of months ago those have been used by a lot of people playing one page rules mm -hmm. i'm sure these will see use as the space elves within that as well so but yeah some good stuff indeed For those people that play all manner of different sci-fi games mm -hmm. not just uh one of 40,000. sweet to the beat <laughs> so arcadian elves you can grab them from their patreon mm -hmm. um, yeah. but again if you get it direct from heroes infinite there is a unique sculpt for that as well yes yeah uh they've also um a lot of their stuff then ports over in well after a couple of months anyway over onto their um their web store too mm. so nice. if you're eager to pick these up in resin rather than you know printing them off yourself you may see the arcadian elves popping up in the near future over on their web store they did that for a lot of their halloween stuff which i think was really neat yeah, and, uh, and some of their elves and sisters of battle and all sorts of things like that too. So keep an eye out. Uh, but what I would do is I would buy the files and then get a buddy to print them for you. So <laughs> <laughs> have to make friends yeah, with people. Hey, you've got a printer too, Justin. <laughs> well, I don't have printers. The office has printers. Do you know how to use one of those? Yet, so, you know, reliable <laughs> service, all that. Any excuse. Well, there you go. So there you have it. If you fancy some space elvings, then check out Raging Heroes and their Heroes Infinite uh, for November. Did you win one of our prizes? Find out on our prize claim center over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days. Uh, moving on, to wrap up things on the show, we're going to be taking a look at two Kickstarters. Neat. And Kickstarter the first is exploring the universe of infinity. Mm -hmm. This time around, we're going to get deep dirty in a hole with some miners for their <laughs> infinity death match. Some anime manga miners. So they're cute while they do it, they're right. That's the, yeah, okay. You know, some of them are cute. Yeah. Uh, no jiggy jiggy hole. Time will tell exactly how cute they are. Um, but this is a arena death match mm -hmm. uh, game for infinity. Um, what they have at present uh, although they are unlocking things as we go, are four factions tied to infinity factions. So mining corporations that would be not adverse to working alongside some of the people like the Nomads or Pano, that sort of thing. Uh, and while you're on a world exploiting it for all its mineral resources, you may end up having to put up with some unusually large beasts and occasionally other tags. Mm -hmm. So interesting little thing it's based off the uh infinity system but on top of it you've got this death match game mm -hmm. where it doesn't matter how many times you get killed up uh you keep coming back for more like a glutton for punishment uh, <laughs> and it means you can you can get stuck in and not have to worry about losing your tag or losing your your minor and being out of the game all it does is set you back slightly uh because throughout the the game you're constantly picking up loot from other players who you've just fragged or stuff out of loot boxes scattered around the arena um which means you can very quickly catch up again by picking up something brutal like uh, an armor ignoring drill weapon or thermal cutter or a rifle to allow you to start smacking people upside the head from 
distance. Mm-hmm. Um, the initial set, I think, is going to have a double-sided board. So you're going to have the big steam worm and the desert planets, but on the other side, you have this icy, frosty worm uh, and also Steindraga. a big, big dragon. What he said, <laughs> I'm not, not prepared to not prepared to comment or say that. Uh, so the big beasts are going to be PVC. Okay. Uh, the rest of the miniatures will be, uh, I think, metal in the main, although you may get some in CoCast. They haven't yeah. confirmed. Um, but it gives you options because all of them, bar the big beasties, will be also playable in your games of Infinity. Nice. Uh, mm. Also, the things like the turrets, the antennae charges and containers, they have tokens in the game. You can get mm-hmm. the upgrade scenery. When you get the upgrade scenery, it turns it into 3D scenery. So while you can't shoot across a token in-game, uh, if there is a actual token piece, a 3D element, uh, it, then it becomes a bit of blocking terrain, so you actually oh, okay. cower in the corner. Uh, huh. So it changes up how the game plays slightly, which is an unusual touch that you don't often see. Hmm. Also, fifth faction then, it looks like the Dravok group has already been unlocked. Nice. So, yeah, they have been powering through these <laughs> yeah, they are doing a mix of uh, both monetary stretch goals, but also social media stretch goals as well. So when they get like yep. 150 likes, they unlock things and stuff like that. Like what the kids do on on the Insta web. They in the metaverse, that. Jerry. No in idea. the metaverse. No <laughs> idea what's going on. Yeah, it all, all makes perfect sense to somebody, not to me. Um, in the interwebs. Like unlocking different unit types now to actually enhance the game as well, to actually change how the different factions play. Yeah, so you start with a tag, an engineer, or sorry, a tag, a miner, and a drone, um, but they have yep. engineers and uh, some other bits and pieces coming as well. Uh, time will tell exactly as to what they are. There's a possible yeah. hacker. There's, yeah, a hacker for Sterling. Nice. Sterling Forge. Best Forge. What can I say? That's me. Um but yeah, interesting stuff from Covers Belly once again. Uh, has a, a decent game system behind it that people yeah. who play Infinity are already familiar with, so you're not having to relearn a whole new system. But I like the I like the deathmatch format. Uh, mm-hmm. It's obviously something that players of Infinity have been messing around with themselves for some time. Me, uh, we, we made one years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and we're not alone. Uh, uh, several other uh, Infinity um players have, have built their own that have been sort of tried out and, and spotted out uh, by the the players across the, the globe. So it's nice to see Corvus Belly actually chucking their own rule system out there. And I quite like how they've done it. I like the fact that you can frag people, steal half their stuff and run off and hide in a corner. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's got a lot going for it. Yeah. But interesting, interesting little Kickstarter. Yeah. Going from that that golf ball headed one going yeah. from strength to strength it's little bot version the little drone also looks like a little miniature version Brilliant. that's now. awesome see if i can find it because it's lurking in here somewhere i love go on no no go free i was gonna say i love the high sci-fi theme of infinity and everything that corvus belly does it's so different from anything else that's out there at the moment it's just so unique you see little bits here and there that uncover which you wouldn't see anywhere else. There it is. Oh. oh. It's, like, you know, it's almost Wally-esque. Every one of the drones 
is named after one of the designer's dogs. Wow. Oh my. So so the little square headed one is Poppy, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then Wally looking fella is uh like Leica. Leica, yeah. That's awesome. Which is just there to amuse themselves more than anything else. But yeah. 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 But it seems like to make games fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I quite I, I really like the the idea that they went because obviously it could have been very easy for them to just do normal tags. But I like that they went with the kind of more industrial-looking versions of them because uh, it kind of builds on the world of Infinity at the same time as it also being something familiar, which I think is quite cool. Mm. And then having the, me- the Mega Beasts in there as well is just phenomenal. I think a lot of people are probably going to be like, ooh, but can I just have the Mega Beasts, please? <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I think the answer to that is no. No, you can't. Unfortunately. <laughs> by unfortunately, all. yeah. Nope. But uh, yeah, there's some really, really nice bits and pieces in there that I think a lot of people are going to be eager to pick up um, to play not only just tag rate with but obviously take it beyond that potentially in the future as well be really cool so, so yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be fascinated to see what rules they give them when they push them into infinity um, will they just use them as objectives because obviously they've done some really nice figures in the past yeah. to use for specific scenarios and objectives yeah. uh, or yeah, will they actually bake them in as uh, units to play in game yeah. I mean they've already yeah. got most of the most yeah. of the rules there is it, the tag although grade. tag grade is like defined in that it's Kickstarter exclusive one, isn't it? I think for the actual yeah. game itself. So, so yeah. yeah. So if you are eager to pick this stuff up, then you'll probably want to get in on the Kickstarter. Mm. Uh, Definitely do that. So for tag grade, there are twelve days left, mm. uh, and it's already funded. Ooh. <laughs> I should also say, if you're following along with our videos that we were doing uh, for tag grade. Make sure to comment down below on those videos because you win yourself a Crimson Stone Battle Pack. Well, we're one of three anyway. Uh, there's chances to win one by commenting on On Tabletop, on YouTube. And if you're a Cult of Games subscriber, then you can also get yourself another account. Bonus stuff. <laughs> so who's our next Kickstarter then, Ben? Uh, so the next one we're looking at uh, is from the folks at Mythic Games and Privateer Press who are bringing monstrous style action to the tabletop once more as part of Monster Apocalypse, the board game. Uh, so this is a board game spin on the 2018 version of the game by Privateer Press, which everyone will know is a more standard miniature game. Uh, as opposed to that game where you obviously have um, sort of uh, bits, you have traditional miniatures that you build and paint as you like. Uh, this one comes with fully formed plastic miniatures, as you can see here, rendered lovingly in these this amazing trailer, I have to say. Yeah. And once again, from Mythic. Uh, alongside units and all sorts of different things. And you, as you might expect, get into a monster-smashing battle throughout the cities of Earth. Uh, one player will take on... Well, not necessarily, but one player will take on the side of the protectors. The other person takes on the side of the destroyers. And then you'll be rampaging against each other. And you win the game by destroying the opponent's monster. However, it's not as simple as that. You see all those buildings on the tabletop? They all have bonus things that they will give you. And also they have PowerPoints around them replicated by the little kind of like, well, represented, sorry, by all the little glowing things on the table. You go to those, you'll get yourself PowerPoints that you can use alongside your monsters to do even more bigger moves and throw things into buildings and, you know, rip their head off and blast things down their mouths like Godzilla and all sorts of weird, crazy stuff like that. Um, It's amazing. (laughs) It's carnage. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I will also say, as I was saying, uh, that it's uh, basically the same rules. Well, in fact, it is the same rules as the 2018 miniatures game version of, of Monster Apocalypse. So if you're familiar with that, 
then this is a nice, easy crossover into the board game. Yep. And also vice versa from the board game into the miniatures game, if you put to go that way. Uh, it has been revamped and tweaked in many ways aesthetically to make it more open and easy for fans to dive into. So a lot of the things like the hero boards and the monster boards have all been changed so that they're easy to read. They've changed the maps so that they're a little bit easier to dive into and, and sort of read as well on the tabletop. And they've also done things like added lots of additional quality of life stuff in there. So there are lots of like... Um, like like um, cheat sheets and boards and things that you get alongside your your faction, so that when you sit down to play, it's very easy to basically see everything in one place rather than having to dive into a rule book. So again, it's more like a board game and less like a traditional miniatures game, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, all of the miniatures, as I say, come in this lovely plastic. You get the two different colours, so you don't have to paint them if you don't want to. They all come with integrated scenic bases as well, rather than just normal standard ones, which I think is really cool. You get all of those massive towers and everything as well. And there's also an expansion for the game as well. So there's the Battle Royale expansion, uh, which is going to be good for veterans because this comes with rules for making the game three to four player, not just a one versus one affair, which nice. is awesome. You also find rules in there for playing the game cooperatively so you can fight out against one of the big mega apex monsters on the tabletop as well. And then, of course, those apex creatures can be used in your games you know, against other players as well at the same time as well. So loads of additional bits and pieces in there for people that have perhaps played Monster Pockets before, don't want to buy the core game, but potentially want to buy the expansion so they get all the new shiny gubbins to use in their games on the tabletop. Uh, but yeah, a pretty shocker block uh, Kickstarter, as is the way with uh, with Mythic. Um, the rules are on there for you to download and have a look at. I had an interview with Leo where we talked about all the things that have changed in the game, so you want to watch that. That's also over on their Kickstarter page. And there's all sorts of gameplay videos on there too as well. So you can get your head around the game Monster Apocalypse. We've played a couple of games ourselves. We did some Let's Plays a couple of years ago. I think it was Justin and Ryan sat down to play some. And it's a really fun, yeah, quick and easy game to dive into. So, yeah. Honestly, what I'm liking about this, Mythic has done with this game exactly what it needed and what they do best, which is basically a revamp and a reimagining of the game to actually Dreamline. get tools in so that it's far easier to, to like comprehend and read on the tabletop. Uh-huh. And yeah. they've they've obviously obviously they're going to throw their own little bit of flair in there. I mean, my favorite little thing that I noticed is the exclusive building miniature that you get with it is a little like Parisian office building. Yes, think <laughs> HQ, yeah. which I thought was a really cute little addition. Yeah, but this is one of those Kickstarters. Mythic Games know exactly what they're doing with Kickstarter. Leo is constantly engaged with the community, so you're not going to be you know pledging in and then feeling like you're left out in the cold. These guys are going to stay engaged with you the entire time until this game's in your hands. Yeah, definitely. It's one of those games that I think lends itself very much more to that kind of board game feel as well. And I like the idea that you get everything in that one box rather than to, you know, buy individual sets and expansions and all that kind of thing. You get get pretty much everything you'd ever really need to play Monster Apocalypse in there. So even when this comes to retail, hopefully in the future, you know, people will be able to pick this up and be like, well, that's a one-stop shop for Monster Apocalypse. And then if they want to take the hobbyist route, then they can obviously go and pick up all the miniatures from Property of Press. If they want to go down this traditional more traditional board game route, then obviously there'll be expansions and things yeah. in the future as well on that side. So I think it's a really nice way to cater to both audiences and, and sort of bring them together in a Monster Apocalypse sandwich. <laughs> I really like how, regardless of how many things do come in the books, setup doesn't seem painful. No, it's pretty simple. Yeah. 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 Uh, that helps a lot. When you, whenever I see a huge box, I'm kind of put off as well because of the amount of time that a board game usually does take to set up. Yeah. But if it's uh, in comparison to the miniatures game as well, 
doesn't seem to be all painful. Yeah. It's quite nice because it's got like a, a good tactical edge to it as well, because it's all to do with the kind of dice pools that you use between what your units can generate and what they can do by capturing buildings that then transfers over into your monster alongside the power dice that you use as well. So it's, it's, it's got some thinky stuff in there. It's not just about smashing things. Although of course it is also about smashing things. So, you know, (laughs) if if you want, you can literally just body check someone and throw them into a building. You can do exactly that. (laughs) It's a good way to go. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that it's all compatible with the existing ranges that are out there. So, yep. you know, if you are keen on getting in on it, you can pick up a bulk of your, your stuff right off the bat very cheaply mm-hmm. uh, because the buildings are generally in resin um, nice. from Privateer Press. So I imagine those plastic ones would be substantially cheaper. And if there's stuff that's right. already out there, um, that you may be a different faction from Privateer, you can grab that and, and your friends can join in with you by getting this later on. Fantastic stuff. Once again, there are 14 days left for Monster Apocalypse and also shockingly funded. There's a surprise. Who would have thought it? That wraps us up for another week's dive into the world of gaming. We will be back on Sunday for our Cult of Games. So if you're not already in the Cult of Games and you want to see what we get up to on the XLBS show, then come over to ontabletop.com, sign up for a 30-day free trial and have a nosy around. Mm. See what's going on. See what weird stuff I've done in a jerry can recently. (laughs) Otherwise, we will see you again next Friday. Don't forget, if you want the chance to win any of those Crimson Stone Battle Packs, do not comment on this video for we will not be checking them for prize winners, you have to comment on the Infinity Deathmatch tag raid videos, of which there are numerous. Uh, You'll be able to find them lurking on the YouTube channel here or over on on Tabletop as well. But until next Friday, tatty bye. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.